0: Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Ryan Thomas, one-third of the Vegan Chitlin Circuit and also editor of these podcasts. Y'all, real quick, just want to let you know we had some audio problems on this episode, so you might hear some echoes here and there. I did my best to get rid of them, but you'll be fine. You can understand most of it. All right. Enjoy.
1: The has to have humor to it. The vegan chitlins are great. Fucking so welcome. Uh, can you hear me now? There we go. What's happening? What's up, Ryan? What's good? What's good? Bro, life is
0: so wonderful right now. I don't even know. Remember how last time we was rapping, you was like, I feel great, but I don't know why. And you were like, mm, I took shrooms this morning. Shrooms this morning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I took shrooms like four or five days ago, and I still got
1: like the shroom afterglow pop. How you got a shroom afterglow after three days? I mean, I took some this morning, so I don't know if the glow would just be reinstated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know if the glow has just been restarted or am I just winding down and winding up, but this is my life now. <laughs> this is my life. This is me. This is me
0: now. Uh, you yeah. Know, you, like, you like Super Mario where he's like, yo, nigga, why don't I just always be big? Why don't I just always have a shroom in my Yeah, I'm just body? always big, yeah.
1: Shit, if anything, I'm trying to get the little raccoon outfit. What's the one with the tail? I'm trying to get the little tail. Yeah, that little that little leaf <laughs> raccoon that flies from <laughs> Yeah, it- he could turn into a stone. (laughs) That's that's a clear indication that he was high. Ain't no reason this nigga, he just sits still now he don't get hit. What type of shit is that? That's some high ass shit.
0: (laughs) Hey, yo, this nigga got a leaf so that he could get high and fly. This
1: nigga would turn into a statue like he wasn't there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, the Japanese were about to drugs from the very beginning. (laughs)
1: i love to hear that i just had a show it was a weird kind of show everybody was it was one of those shows where it's like they didn't have it set up correctly so people just didn't know how to Mm -hmm. laugh they did the show in a tattoo spot that's never had comedy there before you know so it's like anytime there's a show in a space for the first time that's never had comedy there and it's typically not set up for there's just not set up to facilitate groups of people in a way everybody who shows up are like people who've never been to comedy shows you know <laughs> so they don't know they're not even they don't even know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those things where it's just like all right everybody's just giving you heavy smiles <laughs> i'm like throwing out my big jokes i'm throwing out my i'm like oh this is gonna kill them oh this is gonna hit them. <laughs> these niggas just smiling heavy i'm like y'all don't want, all right all right i know it ain't me <laughs> it was to the point where, like, when when the comic is up, <laughs> and you think they're just like, either they just telling a really long premise, or oh, these niggas, they are they bombing in there, cause. <laughs> <laughs> These niggas ain't laughing at all. <laughs> and then I came out and they're like, how was it? I was like, I killed. <laughs> I killed. Y'all didn't hear them? <laughs> and I was in there killing. <laughs> I murdered that shit. <laughs> that was at a tattoo yeah. parlor? Yeah, man, at a tattoo. And I told her I told like two stories are like two jokes that I've never told, you know, and never done and they went really well. It was just like all around tattoo shit. You know, because we we're doing it in a tattoo mm-hmm. shop. and I told this story about um, how I had a, a really good friend in high school who was like known for throwing parties and his name was Oklahoma but uh, the name of the parties were Team South America because he was from Peru but his name was Oklahoma and um, <laughs> he had this one party one night to where he decided to have his boy who was a tattoo artist do tattoos at the party. Now this is my first time being introduced to like the concept of like party tattoos or some shit. Or maybe, I, maybe my family, cause I got a lot of family that did shit like this too. Maybe it was like my first, I don't know. I feel like I knew of it, but it was like, oh, we're doing it here. I feel like my family had did a tattoo party But they're, you know, obviously older and adults and they willing to, you know, Mm -hmm. they got it. They got it right. They tried and tested. They know how to do it and make it work. And it was like one of those things where it was like, yo, this is a high school party. I don't think we got the capacity to do tattoos like that at a high school (laughs) party, you know. (laughs) Tell me why the party (laughs) is early and it's just now starting to fill out and shit.
0: And, and we nigga this shit was in high school the whole time that's why I was
1: imagining grown ass folks no no we was like juniors nigga we was like getting it in we was known as like the people throwing parties you know parents away we out here playing we was getting it in so bro the party's just now starting to fill up and everybody's been drinking everybody's been doing their thing now Oklahoma's getting a tattoo and we're all watching him tell me why he decides to get his Bottom lip, the inside of his bottom lip tattoo, you know, like if you pull your lip down, the bottom of your lip, he, he exposed the skin and he wanted to get boss. So anytime he bring his lip down, it says boss right there. I don't know why to what functionality that was gonna play, you know, but that's what he wanted to get. And we're all around him as this tattoo is taking place. And we just see the tattoo artist go B, O, O, S, and we was like <gasps> and even on the s he like slight you know when you write with pen sometimes your letters can be bigger than the rest of the letters just like off of just accident or whatever so the s was bigger than the rest of the letters so when he closed his mouth it just looked like hair and i was like this nigga's a boost for life he was like no nah, it's gonna go away it's gonna go away it's only like a year bro he's still he's still the boost He's still the boost right now. <laughs> it's, been,
0: it's been a whole last decade. It's a been a whole decade. decade.
1: He's still the boost.
0: Anyone
1: else get tattoos? Um, not after that. I don't remember nobody else getting that tattoo. <laughs> actually i don't really actually remember Mm -hmm. nobody else man that like that was it that shut down the shop i think he blamed it on him drinking i was like bro it's a four-letter word bro how you fuck up boss like that don't make no sense ain't nobody (laughs) (laughs) spelling booze nobody uses booze when you ever use booze in a sense let me hear like nobody like what do you mean how you fuck up and then it was so funny because he realized he fucked up at the end and you know how you when you try to like scribble a letter with pencil, like with pen, like when you fuck, it up, like you try to mark it out like this. Like yeah, <laughs> he got that angst energy, like he was gonna mark out the S and like I was like, nah, it's too late now. I mean, that's permanent. That's how the game works. Okay, okay. Yo, what's up with uh these comics going hella right wing for views? Facts, right, bro. Like in and they going, they're like, going
0: right wing without jokes.
1: Well, some of them was like legitimate funny comics, and now it's like, hold on, why are you going such to this right wing conservative and trying to be like this black mascot? And that, you know, it's weird, bro. They're getting hell of views though. They're like, they're racking it in, and I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? Is like a lot of black comedians are they going down bad to where they have to like placate to fucking white media to just to get some views? Oh, you talking about niggas specifically? <laughs> I'm talking about niggas specifically, yes. I picked up on this. Where are seen seeing this? Is like YouTube and man. social media? Like, does the streets miss Trump? He's like doing these whole man on the streets, like uh, black people for Trump, man on the streets type of things. And it's just weird. Oh,
0: man. Yeah, no, I, I just went to homie's IG right now and a post that he just put up three days ago. It's the uh, that Scooby-Doo shit. And it says, now let's see who is responsible for Brittany Griner being in Russian prison. And then he lifts it up and it's Britney Griner. Which... If I'm being totally real, like fair point, but to me, that's like family business. You know what I'm saying? Like I I would, I wouldn't, I would not say that in mixed company. And I definitely wouldn't post it on Instagram just because like the optics of it all. And yeah, she made a decision, consequences ensued. But at
1: the same time, like you ain't got to get folks that way. Yeah. Because I mean, we all know that as adults, regardless, right? But we also understand that Mm -hmm. the optics of it and when it comes to race, there's something other to be accounted for. And it's like those who have the most power are willing to use it when it comes to the power dynamics of race. And there's been plenty of other examples of people who've been out there on some similar type of shit. I mean, even there was someone brought up like 10, 15 years ago when Bill Clinton did the same thing going into Russia on some shit where some teenagers are out there, you know, having some marijuana and shit like that. Like, <clears throat> yeah, right. It's family business. But to discuss it openly in public as if it was her fault and like, it's okay, like we just gonna wash our hands of it just because that's what she gets. I think that's a real wrong way to go about it like decide with the oppressor and just be like yeah she gets she deserves that or you know she knew what she was getting into and it's way 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 too too
0: reductive like yeah you just going to ignore everything else and to your point if it was someone else in that situation of a different demographic would this have gone on for as long there's no way to prove it but it's one of those it's like a smell test like something don't smell right here and so it's I think it takes the conversation in the wrong direction. This takes the conversation as an individual who has grown, knows the rules, chose to violate the rules. And now you got to pay the penalty. But the way that the conversation, I think, should be going is how does America treat its citizens when they screw up in a, in a foreign situation? And typically we say, yo, that's our person. Give them back. So the conversation shouldn't be it's Brittany Griner's fault. The conversation should be why is American
1: abandoning its M.O.? Right. There it is. There it is. Right there. And how the hell is little Boosie louder on the situation than goddamn Kamala Harris? When little Boosie was goddamn (laughs) thrown under the bus for being. You know, homophobic and like not accepting, closed-minded. This dude got a way smaller platform, and he's louder than on the situation. Tell me that, Ryan. Do you see? you see what I'm saying? You don't even hear not once
0: from Kamala. On the Come on, now. <laughs> what, what, what are we doing? Y'all got that annoying ass sound. You better use it for something. It'd annoy people into compliance or something. That. <laughs> Let, let me shut up i'm gonna I'm piss the akas off i, I get
1: hate. <laughs> hey, i got no issue with none of the divine nine it's just that hey, I, hey, hey. I, I ain't trying to get none of that hate i'm just saying if you have any of it directed towards letting bg out because it just doesn't make sense and really like you know Ka- 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 ha- especially the vice president kamala harris but plenty of other women that you know got large platforms like where are the people at as far as really, like, even the LGBT community, I'm like, there needs to just be way more you know, jumping up and down as far as, like, really the mystery. I feel like, just like with this, this BG shit, it's just similar to, like, George Floyd in a different way. Like, we have to burn down Minnesota in order to get, like, proper justice for that shit. And it's gonna be the same thing. Like, we really have to go to the 10th degree just to get a little bit of a sliver of what appears to be you know correct action and justice for some shit, as opposed to like the shit just be evident and apparent that you know things were done wrong, and there's definitely easier way to rectify the situation as opposed to like having the fucking town burn down or like having people really have to do some shit to make you notice it i mean i'm really it's it's really sickening that you really have to go to the tenth degree to get a little bit of fucking liberation, whatever that even means. But yeah, I was looking at this this guy's ID. When you said far right, right, you, you wasn't fucking around, bro. No. And I mean, like, this dude is in the scene. Like, I want to say three, four, five years ago, this thing was like one of those dudes. Like, you can tell he was blowing up. He had it. Like, he just had the funny shit in him. Like, this dude, he can pretty much... And that's the thing. It was like, bro, if you give this dude the access, he can probably pretty much do anything he wants to do. And then he got on Kill Tony and he was pretty much a regular on Kill Tony. And I think that's kind of like what... I've seen, bro, I've seen a handful of comedians kind of turn their, like, change their whole direction after being on Kill Tony. Like, because Kill Tony would have these regulars that would be on the show consistently, you know, for... For a couple of years and every regular like Malcolm Hatchett, this dude, everybody thought he was like the next Eddie, like Dave, bro, like Malcolm Hatchett, like nobody can touch him. Everybody loved him. Everybody was on his dick. He was at the he was at Kill Tony. He was like one of the regulars. He was in there killing it, <clears throat> but they still wasn't giving him his just do they kind of kept putting him in a box so he still wasn't like really making money he really wasn't on tour like really wasn't on the road like that but he was getting exposure and man i want to say like right before the pandemic maybe a couple of months this dude like lost his mind like he he fell off the planet like no one knew where he was at no one knew what happened to him this dude just popped back up on the scene like two weeks ago Just out of nowhere, like this dude was completely radio silence. No one knew where he was, and he was already like his trajectory was like this nigga's next up. He was already bro. He had like almost forty thousand followers on Instagram. He had like his name, his clout was there, but he had like this Martin Lawrence like mental like breakdown to where he completely like flipped out, and it's like I'm seeing either people flip out, men and women or they completely go like a whole different fucking political route just for clout like getting doing the being black and being a mascot for white supremacy there's a lot of money in that. There's probably an unlimited amount of money in that. There's probably even right now if we wanted to change this podcast right now and to be like a two step plan plan it, it's just dollar signs arrow and then a picture of a raccoon. <laughs>
0: that's all it is you know
1: what it is we need that's a sketch and then get you that that. that's a sketch for real
0: (laughs) that's big facts i'm finna write it down right now it's it's a fucking suit it's the super mario strategy it's like hey guys we're doing pretty good on these shrooms and we're jumping on these goombas however if we want to reach new heights what we need to do is get this leaf get in our raccoon suit and start fucking niggas up that way
1: <laughs> yeah that's just funny and it's weird too because I feel like there's people it's weird can we kind of like can we define or like break down if there's a difference between like I was hearing from this rapper that I like he's a battle rapper and he talks a lot of shit it's really funny but he's like a purist and he was like yo there's a difference between rapper and artist and I'm wondering if this is the same thing with comedy. He was like a rapper is contrived and made up by the music industry. A rapper is someone who they're gonna be like, all right, you're gonna sing this, you're gonna rap about this, and you got this many albums, you're gonna work with this person, and here it is, and you're gonna do it, and they perform it, and it's a hit. And an artist is someone who has like their full mm-hmm. control under them, what they want to do is under them, their narrative, their voice, when they put it out is pretty much up to them. How long it takes them to do it is pretty much of them. Because, you know, as greatness, you know, it, it takes time. So it's like I'm trying to see how what's, how is that applied to comedy? Because I feel like a really funny comedian but I also feel like being put into this box of like how we would describe the difference between a rapper and an artist. You know, I think kind of like going into this mold that's being contrived by the industry of like what they wanted to do and what would be good good for getting views as opposed to like you know an artist is like yo i'm being pulled and drawn to this art form not for the fame not for the money not for all this other shit but just to actually do it out of the volition and like good nature of you know my heart and my ability my skill set as opposed to like being told what to do with those skill sets. Like, do you see that out in the, like where you are? Do you see like, there's people who are like forcing it or like, are like they're, I don't know. It's kind of, I don't want to be like, Oh, there's, there's those who are born with it and those who are not, but there's times where I feel like, Oh, this person got it, you know, for sure. And maybe this person's working on it. But do you ever feel like there's like a difference between a comic and a comedian or like an artist and and rapper as it was like what what do you see on the ground oh bro always I I feel on that. like I feel like when you say rapper versus artist
0: right like a rap an artist is a rapper that had they have the same technical acumen like the same technical capability but the artist has the vision that's like what's missing for can you say
1: that again can you say that one more time for the people in the back hey one more time An
0: artist and a rapper have the same technical acumen. They have the same technical ability, but what the rapper is missing is the vision. That's what the artist has and the commitment to that vision really. Right. And you can, like you were saying, you can extend that analogy as far as you want to go. It it can be for comedians. It can be for singers like SZA comes to mind uh, in that regard. It, It could be for entrepreneurs, right? Like so many people can do accounting or finance or marketing, but if what you're selling isn't something that's going to perk people's ears up, then it doesn't really matter. Right. And so I I see that all the time out here. Like there are so many funny people, but I'm not really that jealous of funny people. I'm jealous of people that have that perspective, right? That they had that vision and they might say some shit for three or four minutes and get two laughs and the whole time I'll still be like, fuck this person. Fuck them for coming up with that idea and being so convicted about that belief that is unique to them. You know what I mean? So those are the folks I get jealous of. Like I was at the cellar the other day and some folks were really, well, I mean, it's the seller, So everyone was super hilarious, but I forgot who went up, but this cat went up and he wasn't he didn't get the biggest laughs, but everyone was tuned the fuck in to what was about to come out of this guy's mouth next. And I feel like that's what like, I would want to have in the comedy game. And going back to what I was talking about where I did shrooms recently, and that was kind of my epiphany. I was like, maybe just maybe the shit that I'm saying is legitimately intriguing. Maybe people want to hear what I'm going to say next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah man i i I feel that with with every ounce of my being, but that's that's where it does get hard right you got the there's the whole you gotta play the game to change the game
1: how do you feel about that? I'm so happy you said that because that also sounds like how they describe. Certain blacks sometimes, uh, maybe you've been described this way and myself, but sometimes even Obama, you know, they feel like, uh, preach, don't be a threat, you know, he's not a threat. So, like, he's yes, he's black, but he's not a threat. He's like, oh, I can be, I can be myself around that's a, always an interesting thing. It's like, I could be myself around you, like. <sighs> I think that's kind of what leads into that that original statement you just said. It's like, uh, can you say it one more time? Which uh, I'm the the rap artist uh, thing. The rap artist thing? No, the, um, the oh, play the game, change, the, change, the, change game? the game. Yeah, yeah, that play the game. So first of all, they don't let you in the game unless you're playing it a certain way. And sometimes they want you to play the game to where you're, you're like, non-threatening. Like, you can't be a full nigga and play the game. Like... Full, no, can't. Too, mm-hmm. It's like, hey... <laughs> if you're too like black, a. you can't play the game.
0: You remember, what was it? Tropic Thunder?
1: <laughs> He's like, oh, you went full retard? You can't never go full retard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you can't, can't go like, full... Austin, nigga. Austin. Bro, that is real. You can't be full niggas. So it's like already they're telling you to play the game to, to play the game to change the game it's like so does that mean i have to align myself with the very thing that i'm trying to change i don't get it like what i what i take from that is like build your own thing and then in, in terms of building your own thing you will change the game because the game around you shifts but i don't know about like getting it like i'm not i haven't been a I, th- I think I tried it already. Like, I haven't been accepted into the game to change it. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, I would love to change the game, but it's like, I don't think I'm going to be in the game the way that I am right now and be able to change it. Like, what's going to happen is that I'm going to get in the game through the back door just because it's just going to be undeniable through the shit that we're working on, through the shit that I'm working on, the shit that you're already doing, the multiple shows and podcasts that we're on. Like, eventually... We're going to be in the space just because it's going to be undeniable. But we've always had that ability, that skill set. We're just applying it to something that can be widely broadcast and is tangible. But other than that, it's like the mechanisms have always been there. I've always been knocking on the door of getting in to change it. But I think that's the reason why they don't let you in the door, because it's like this nigga's outside and he's about to change it. Let's not let that shit happen. And if we do let him in, this nigga better be in here walking like a duck, singing like a duck, quacking like a duck. Like, we want him to uh, (laughs) because he going to get up out of here. we ain't going to give him no more bread. (laughs) Like, I don't
0: get it. They don't don't want they don't want artists. An artist is hard to monetize. A rapper is easy. Yo, we got some bars for you. Go ahead and spit these with conviction.
1: They want a rapper. Nah, that's facts. That's facts. The industry don't want to. Man, that's our t-shirt. We might that might be our our first t-shirt right there. Uh, the in the industry does not want artists like that to that capacity at all. Yeah, they much rather have someone that they can like plug and play and be a Mr. Potato Head and just be like, here we're handing you this. We're gonna give you that. This is what you do, and not really have the vision because yeah, they want the vision to belong to the. The, the company. I mean, and you've seen it with certain artists who it does have a vision, and it's just like with comedy too. Like Kanye, like an artist with a vision ends up becoming bigger than the company. That's what they're. That's what they're afraid of. And I see it with comedy too. Like certain comedy clubs are not letting people in because they will end up pulling a bigger audience. They will end up pulling a bigger type of wave, and essentially, that person ends up overshadowing the venue, but not in a way where the venue wouldn't get credit because the venue's still there. They're still playing their role, but for some reason the venue thinks it's in competition with the artists, and that's where they got it fucked up. Like, for some reason, the industry it's like dating a girl. Like, sometimes you be dating a girl and it's like, yo, are, are we keeping score? Are like, you trying to keep score? Like, you trying to keep... I thought we was working together, and now it mm-hmm. looked like you trying to one-up me. It's like the artist, like the venues always think that they're better than the people that are on the stage, and it's like, yo, the venues never made me laugh, the record companies never made me want to sing and dance, it's always the artist that's on the record, it's always the fucking artist that's on the stage, and it's the same thing implies I feel like, for some reason, corporation acting as people, these niggas got all the jealousy and emotional traits of people because it's like, these niggas be... (laughs) These niggas be jealous as hell. I'm like, yo, I'm just one person. And the laugh factory is like, no, nah, I ain't booking you, nigga. You trying to be bigger than me. That That's one thing that they got
0: right when this wacky-ass country decided to make corporations literal people from a legal perspective is corporations are jealous and they want to feel needed just like people. And as soon as they feel like either their clientele or their employees, people they work with, don't need them. They get jealous and they fight back, especially in the entertainment industry, which to your point is wild to me because I ain't been in it that long, but at the same time, it's like, it reminds me of like the NBA, like nigga, I don't care that I got, I put up 30 tonight and you put up 10 and tomorrow night I put up five and you put up 35. I'm just trying to get the dub and however we get to the W is good with me. And like, that's what it is. Like you can't have you, you can't be a comic you can't be a comic without clubs but you know what i'm saying like the club helps us we help the club and that should be totally fine but for some people it's not because you the pettiness
1: the pettiness yeah the pettiness is strong the pettiness is strong and for some reason there's a through line of pettiness in business and i think that does not need to be there at all like that's the part of the, the bullshit that got people acting the way they are and uh it's just been tough to actually get proper access to shit we're just now about to build out a little studio little front-end performance spot right here where we do the podcast but it's like bro if it wasn't for my own efforts as far as shows and like doing my own shit, bro I would not be booked like but I have not had little to any shows really in the past two months Now, it could just be because I don't know everybody. It could be because I'm just not that funny, but I pretty much know everybody and I think I'm, you know, pretty funny. So it's like, why is it that the white comics who've been doing it for a year have already been doing like over 70 shows? i'm like that doesn't make sense to me but that's the thing is i feel like going back to the you gotta you gotta
0: play the game to change the game the interesting thing about that is like we were talking about earlier with black comics that you see are becoming more conservative really right wing with what they're putting out you have to be really resolute with your perspective your own beliefs and what you want to say with your art form in order not to be overcome by those around you. And if your crew changes inherently, at least a little bit of you is probably going to acquiesce to the viewpoints of those that you're around. It might be, you know, 1% change. It might be 180 degree turn. Like that kind of depends on, on you and and how you move. But if you are someone who has a strong enough foundation, you probably not even going to get into that different group in the first place, because they're not going to let you in. They're going to see that you're not malleable enough and your conventions are too strong the other way for them to do what they want to do with you. And one advantage that we have, right, is Our complexion is is our race in the sense that there are certain things that we can say that will be received differently from an audience just because we're black or just because you're a woman or just because you're gay. And so they're looking for what it is that they can't have. And what they cannot have is a black face on stage saying the things that they want to say. So anyway, going back to the original point, I'm kind of rambling here. If you want to play the game to change the game, then you are probably someone who is malleable enough to by the time you get a platform and by the time you're really on, you've been changed too much to want to change the game back. Whereas if you're someone that they can't really corrupt in that sense, then they're not going to let you in the
1: door in the first place. So you got to make up your own game. You're not even going to be afforded the opportunity. (laughs) Bro, you speaking on the very thing that I was just hitting on the other day. I was just talking to uh some one of our friends, I don't know, somebody in the game. But it was the same type of shit because I was like I was stepping back from the situation and a lot of us are like, yo, why isn't uh what's the name? You know, fucking Chris Rock and Kevin Hart and fucking Tony Baker and like fucking Monique, any of these comics that we can name, that we idolize, that are funny or, you know, even more established than them, it's like, why aren't they, you know, really supporting and coming down and, like, dropping gems and, like, you know, uplifting the up-and-coming? And I think a lot of them don't reach back out or help out or feel like they can or will or whatever the case may be because what you just said, those people have been abused all the way up to the top. Like, can you imagine like they've had to like Will Smith, like think about family taking advantage of you, you know, fucking business partners, managers, agents, your accountants, fucking people who you don't know. Just like you walk into a room, they're there to give you a fucking $20 million deal on a budget, but there's 40 people in the room and all 40 of them are making a fucking a hundred million dollars off the shoot or whatever the case may be. Like, you're getting abused all the way to the top. Like there's no one who's not like for every step that you make, there's probably a thousand people that you just fed indirectly just Uh based off of some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Uh
0: Yeah. And by the time you get to that level, you're absolutely exhausted and you just like, look, I just want to, I just want to make my money doing the thing that I love to do and anything else. I just, I just don't have the energy for it. And also you get jaded, you get jaded as fuck. Cause it feels like what I'm noticing right now is like Miss Pat is just, is is just now on, so to speak. Like we know she's been doing a thing for a long, long time, but now she's on in a, a mainstream sense with her show on BET and everything else she got going on earthquake. Another great example with, with the Netflix going on, uh, even, Chappelle going back to when he came back on Netflix, it feels like a lot of these black comedy legends, and I'm sure it extends beyond comedy too, only get on when their value far exceeds the value that the platform gives them. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times the platform is more important than the actor, the actress, the comedian that is featured on the platform. The platform needs content, and look, we could put person A, B, C, or D in here, and we just happen to pick person C. Congratulations, here's your break, make us some money. But it feels like with like the Mispats and the earthquakes of the world, they're like, okay, our platform actually needs you more than you need us. And because of that, now welcome to the family. But they had to show and prove For 20 years of being successful, working comics that were feeding their family with nothing but telling jokes and their hustle before people put them on, there was no, oh, let's give them a chance. They didn't take a chance on Earthquake. They didn't take a chance on Miss Pat. No one took a chance. Netflix didn't take a chance on Dave Chappelle coming back. You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> no, nah, they did not I feel like they don't nah, really I don't, I, this could just be like my own bias and I try, I don't really know the right term for this but like I try to avoid a victim mentality like in my day to day because I feel like that takes some power from me and my autonomy and what I'm able to do on my own but I do feel like they don't give they don't give black artists a break like their break like ooh, time to give this person a break like they do with with other artists. And I'm sure, now that I think about it, I'm sure the the Asian community feels similar. And a lot of, you know, POCs, whatever you want to call the the amalgam of non-white entertainers, feel the same way. Whereas they'll they'll take chances with white entertainers, it feels like more often.
1: Yeah. I mean with white entertainers, they will build a lane. Like they will build the door. They will build a whole like that's what this whole Bro, like white people get away with murder when it comes—I mean, literally and figuratively—when it, you know, when it comes to artistic expression, because it's just like, bro, with black people, you almost gotta fit whatever five, six archetypes that they have for black entertainments, to entertainers. You almost have to fit like one of these modes, and if there's already someone in that mode, then just wait your turn or shit. Your turn never comes up, but with white artists, it's like there's no limitations of like archetypes and like ways that white entertainment can be digested. Like, bro, they will build a road and a lane for one that doesn't even exist under the nature and under the guise of like something new and like avant-garde and like off, off the cuff. And like, it's just wacky. And like, bro, that you've watched that show, the rehearsal,
0: No, I ain't seen it yet. I I heard that I should watch it. I do like Nathan Fielder when they had Nathan for you and dumb Starbucks and all that stuff.
1: But I haven't seen the rehearsal yet. Well, that's just a clear example of like why people get in the way with just being weird. Like the budget on this shit is just ridiculous. And I'm still trying to figure out how am I supposed to digest this form of entertainment and even if it is entertainment it feels really really weird to watch it and that's why everybody's talking about it because it's just like this odd ass show that feels like you know the truman show on mushrooms it's like a it feels like completely out of mind like they're breaking the fifth wall on some shit and it's just like who greenlit this Like, I don't know if we could really have some off the wall ideas like this and then be in, you know, funded and supported in that way. They're going to be like, is this like Mark Lawrence? No. Is this like fucking Dave Chabelle? No. Well, (laughs) it it better be some Eric Andre shit, because that's all we know. And if it's not that, then fucking get the fuck out of here, you know? Yo, big facts. Honestly,
0: big shout out to Eric Andre for being his weird fucking ass and actually being able to get on cuz that shit cuz not only it's so insidious that not only do the gatekeepers and the, the white folk and the Jewish folk that do the whole Hollywood shit, not only are they not ready for a black weirdo and they don't want to support it, but even the black community gives you so much grief. Like, Donald Glover, good example. They're like, "Eh, no, this ain't... We don't like the nerdy shit. We don't like the non-swaggy shit. Get the fuck out of here. So, big ups to Eric Andre for being his weird-ass self and figuring out how to make that work, because I don't know how the
1: fuck he pulled that shit off. I mean, Eric, he's an anomaly, you know, and he probably got the right people. Uh, You know, definitely being light skin helps. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and that doesn't fully... and, And that's the thing. like Eric he gets to straddle this interesting fence because he is, though he is funny, I think what people might consider him in the in the Black community is like, well, is he, like, Black funny or is he funny to be, is he funny to Black people? And that's, almost like, what Eric, he's almost the extreme version. Like, that's why we need someone in the middle of Eric you know, and like, who else can we? We need someone else to just position, just oppose that. Because it's like Eric's taking such an extreme position to it. When it comes to the space of comedy, especially black comedy, you almost have to be like, you have to make everybody laugh. You know, black people, white people, fucking green, gay, trans. And it's like, Eric almost is in this space where, you know, he wouldn't get a lot of laughs in a black room. And he's almost like a laughing stock of black comedians in that capacity. And it's like, I think that's why he could get such widely acceptance because he's so, you know, kind of like his comedy is kind of so centered around like what most white. People kind of center their shit around and uh, this quirkiness. I think that's why he gets put on so much. Like white people ain't gonna accept you unless like black people hate you. <laughs> you know
0: <what> I'm <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh shit! That's such a common thread for what we've been talking about. It's extreme, but also like at the same time, there's a lot of truth to that. White
1: people ain't gonna say
0: <laughs> say that shit one more time. <laughs>
1: Bro, yeah, it's like white people don't accept you until black people hate you. And it's like, unless you're on that level, that's what Christian Walker is. We had an interview with Christian Walker. People were really upset. And it was just, bro, this dude is a mascot for white supremacy. No wonder he's so insulated and taken care of in his own community because he's over here. Like we were just talking about David Lu- David Lucas. He's over here speaking... And it's such an extreme, like it's a novelty to hear these words coming out of a black body, you know, to hear them come out of a black mouth. You're like, whoa, it's almost like, yeah, we got to put this on a pedestal and uphold it. And that's how you get like these blacks for Trump and all these weird ass things. So I feel like in the less political nature, like Eric Andre kind of fits that, too. It's like he's so corny. Black people don't want anything to do with them, but we love it. You know, it's like man, it's so odd.
0: And that's the, that's the thing that I like. I I hope that one day, like we as black people, can get over like the whole corny thing. Because I just want like the the freedom, not even just creatively, just in life, to like be like to move however I want to move without it being not black you know what I mean like I love so I didn't even think about this until my homegirl pointed out my old job she was like I love Jaden Smith I was like why do you what Who, who's fucking with this nigga Jaden Smith she's like look I got two black kids I like that Jaden Smith is a little weirdo and I want them to feel like if they want to be little weirdos too then they can be little weirdos too and I was like oh shit and that like changed like I really flipped quick when she pointed that yeah, out Cause look, like, we ain't got him? nothing we really do need that that sliding scale i feel like to be accepted also it's like a lot more fun that way when you feel like you don't really have to fit into a particular
1: grouping and you could just move how you want to move right right all right bro cool all right ryan well shit nice potting with you check out the vegan chitlin circuit check out all the other episodes reach out to ryan thomas if you're trying to book him on the show Reach out to myself or Grace and uh keep tapping it man. Share this podcast with one person, you know? Shit. I'm not looking for nobody's validation or respect. This shit was unique. It's like catching like lightning in the bottle. This is great, man. The vegan chitlin circuit, fucking welcome.
0: Like the revolution has to have humor to it. Humor to it.
1: Like catching like lightning in the bottle. The vegan chitlin circuit, fucking welcome.